Hello and welcome to episode 55 of Law School in Brief. Uh, with me today is me, myself, and I, Megan. <laughs> and then also with me is... <laughs> Happy Halloween! Oh my gosh, very on breath. <laughs> Hello, Lydia! <laughs> in case anyone couldn't... Like, isn't fluent in demon. It's Lydia. It's me. Hey. Hey. Wow, we're both in, we're both uh, losing it, I think. Oh, yeah. Is it, like, the second half of the semester and finals are on the horizon? Yes. This is actually my second favorite part of the semester. Wow, you are a sociopath. What the beginning? The beginning part is always the best because you always can say to yourself, "This semester is going to be different." (laughs) (laughs) You know, and then my second favorite part is this period because the pressure's on. Finally, like the pressure is actually on, like three weeks until the end of class, but three whole weeks, and then you have a reading week. There, there is actually like enough time to like catch up and figure stuff out so you're not just like shit 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 I will never (laughs) catch up you're like I still got it this is yeah start doing that because of this less than a month kind of framework yeah I I agree with you on that part um I you know my my little countdown timer on my desktop that I mentioned a couple episodes back tells me that I have 34 days until my first final um and that is like my first like sit down timed final. Before that, yeah. I have many a due date, and then two of my classes will be over. But yeah. Um, yeah, there's still that that like little narrative in the back of my head that's like, it's okay, it's fine. You have 34 days to learn all of this material. Yeah. No sweat. Oh, I didn't realize we had um, exams so close together. I guess it's the fall semester slash trimester that we're more aligned. And yeah. Then the like you have that second and third trimester. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, so will you remind me again what classes you're taking this semester? I will indeed. I'll tell you my exam schedule if you want. Ooh, yes. <laughs> I first up is federal income tax. Uh, that exam is scheduled for the second day of exams. All of the 1L exams are scheduled, and then mostly the 2L and 3L classes are not scheduled. You can choose when to take them, except for certain finals, like oh. bankruptcy, tax, and something else. And I, okay. I'm not really sure why, um, but that is that works out great. I would have chosen to take it earlier to get it out of the way. Then I'm taking evidence. <sighs> that is going to be, oh, so tax is a four-hour exam. Mm -hmm. Evidence is a 24-hour exam. I think I told you I had one of those last semester. Yeah. Con law, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's brutal. So I will admit I have been studying a little bit less than for that one because there's that part of me that's like, I can figure it out. You cannot teach yourself evidence in 24 hours. But Yeah, if you're going to wait until the last minute, don't, don't. Okay, here's what I'll say about evidence. If you you find yourself in a position where you do – kind of have to like be teaching yourself the day of the exam do not let hearsay be the thing that you're teaching yourself the day of the exam good point 
I'm telling you, like, maybe I'll focus on that now and like hammer it. Oh my God. Yes. Like evidence is like 60% hearsay. It's the equivalent of like, if you're writing, um, like a brief, um, it would, it's the equivalent of, you know, writing a really, really solid argument section and then day of like, just trying to figure out how to write the statement of facts and the conclusion. That's a beautiful analogy. Yeah. And coming from someone who crushed evidence, I, I you know, I'm going to take your advice. You, but... Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> happy to share an outline with you. I actually am Ooh. really, I think the best outline that I've ever written was for evidence. Okay. Yes. Um, I yeah. Because because what I did was I bro- I made this table where I had the rule of evidence on the left, like the black letter law. And then on the right next to it, I had all my notes about that, about oh, that cool. rule. And it just made it so intuitive. Um, anyway, I'm happy to share. Hell yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So. Um, okay. I so you're doing that. tax, then evidence, then. So. My American Indian law class, they, the professor gives out the essay prompt on the first day of exams, and it's just due any time before the last day of exam or by the end of the last day of oh, exams. Okay. Yeah. You can so, work on it as you go. Yeah. I think I'm, I mean, I don't think I have a deep nuanced understanding of American Indian law, but that one... I think my only, <laughs> so there's people in the class who like, you know, have, have heritage in different Native American tribes. They have worked um, in tribal courts, you know, I do not have that kind of frame of reference. And so I think my only like leg up is that I'm only taking two other exams. Most people are taking more than three exams but I have clinic eating up two classes worth of credits and I do not have an exam for that, nor even like a portfolio. We might be doing like a self-reflection activity, but, but that would end before exam start. So, um, especially if I can get evidence out of the way early, there part of me, it's going to be hard to like actually just sit down and do it. But yeah, that's my, those are my classes and my exams. So I actually have a question for you about your Native American law class. Yeah. Um, and so, so I'm taking this addiction law and policy class. And when I'm kind of comparing your schedule and mine side by side, I would kind of liken those two. It's like both of us are taking those like required courses, bar tested courses, but then we have that one kind of like class that really interested us. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Here's the thing about my addiction law and policy class. While I like it and I find it super interesting, I am now starting to freak out a little bit because it's not bar tested. And my final is just a 20 page policy like proposal. So it's, it's not legal at all. <laughs> well, that's not, that's not true. And professional, provide, if you're listening, I, I apologize. What was that? Did she provide an example? Um, no, but I mean, like we've been reading policy papers all, all trimester, but none that were done by like a law student in a, in a law school setting. Um, so anyway, like what I, what I'm trying to get at is, do you have any regrets about taking that class? Cause like for me at, at this point, like I was saying to Brittany today, like I'm starting to freak out looking at all the bar tested courses 
and thinking to myself, like, did I mess up by like taking this passion class over something that I know I'm going to have to learn at some point? Oh, okay. Um, I'm glad you asked this because I have had kind of a change of heart about my approach to like picking classes. I mean, my number one priority is always, always the professor. I want to, like, I will not take a class, even if it seems interesting with a professor who I've only heard bad things about. That is one of my biggest takeaways from undergrad. And I think it applies to law school, but the bar classes, I have been thinking if I learn it in law school, then some of that will, will be retained in my long-term memory just by studying it for a whole semester. Mm-hmm. And when I do the cram course before the bar exam, um, you know, it, I'll be, it'll be, I'll be in a better place. I'll be able to, I'll be more set up to pass the bar. And the people I've talked with, um, when I get advice, like if I'm, if I'm like networking or something, I'll often ask, you know, what class do you recommend that I take? And I even asked my, some professors, um, and they're all always like, forget about bar classes because you're going to learn it. You're going to forget it. And then you're going to have to relearn it in the bar prep cram classes. The cram classes are really good. <laughs> and like, you know, just take what you're interested in. This is like your last chance to do that ever kind of. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Maybe not ever, but, um, yeah, I, it comes up for me for a thing like criminal procedure comes to mind. Part of me is like, I just don't want to take criminal procedure for various reasons that I shan't say on air. Um, I will. I will. I haven't heard great things about the professor. <laughs> so oh, okay. Yeah. I, just in terms of teaching, teaching styles and my te- and my learning style matching up. Um, so and because I don't want to go into criminal law. So I'm like, well, I learned civil procedure. At least the idea of a procedure for something going through courts is a concept that I have like a deeper understanding of now. And so, okay, there's different rules in criminal courts. I'll just learn those rules in my cram class. But I think it would have been very difficult to like learn civil procedure from from zero, you know, from from the very beginning. But it's like, okay, I took criminal law and I took civil procedure. So I can figure out criminal procedure later on. I say that now, who knows? But um, yeah, and I'm glad I took evidence. I've heard that one's really hard to to learn just during the cram part, even though I know people who've done that. Oh, so it's not required at WashU that you, that you take evidence? It's not. It's not oh. part of the 1L curriculum. Yeah. Okay, it was for us, um, but I, they don't have con law in our first year. We, we mm. do that in our second year, so that must be like kind of the... Yeah, that's the switcheroo. Yeah. What ha, have you been thinking about this cuz you are you doing class registration for next trimester soon? I am actually. I have my meeting with my advisor on Friday. Um and the thing is, we're supposed to be getting our residency placements this week oh and Oh my gosh. Yeah, and I haven't heard. I mean, it's not like I haven't heard because I'm not getting placed. Like everybody's getting placed no matter yeah. what. Um, I just haven't heard exactly where I'm going and what term. But oh. um, I did hear from the attorney that I like preferenced as my number one. And he he wrote back to me and said that he was like impressed with my writing and thought that I would be a good fit. So I'm 
I'm like 99% sure I'm going to be working with him at his estate planning firm um, in the winter. All of this to say, if that is the case and that ends up being what happens, I won't have to like consider registering for a whole course load in the winter. I'll just be registering for my residency and like Mm. maybe one class. Okay. And if that's the case, then the one class I want to take is client interviewing. Ooh, I didn't, we don't, I don't think we have that as a class. Yeah. Yeah. It's client interviewing and the professor is the one for whom I'm a TA this trimester. So, um, I already like know her teaching style and she obviously like regards me highly. So why wouldn't I take that class? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, I was just thinking, if anyone is listening to this podcast for the first time and they're excited, thinking, oh, this is the law school podcast that I was looking for, they're just going to be so disappointed when they hear the other episodes that are like, this is like the most we've ever talked about law school. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. So my mom was like, I noticed you and Lydia have really just been talking about your lives. <laughs> She's not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So when um, are your exams though? Mine are in four weeks, I think. Oh, you said 34 days. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So my, I'm turning my addiction law and policy class paper in on November 23rd. Um, Mm. my public interest legal writing class, uh, I have like a smattering of due dates in the month of November, but like my big project, which is my like brief, um, I think that's due on November 15th, but that's pretty much already written. I'm just like tweaking for the next few weeks. Um, and then my, my con law final is on December 2nd and my business associations final is on the 8th, I believe. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like good and spread out, but I need to, I keep, I keep saying to myself, like now is when I need to be crunching. Do not let this be a repeat of last year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, anywho, should we move on to lows and highs? Lows and highs. Yeah. Totally. Um, My low is pretty quick. Okay. Let's hear it. it. Yep. Um, you might know that I, I love to get free things from Craigslist and like other internet sites. Yes. Like I will drive around town, like collect Like I got a free Christmas tree this week, which is great. Um, oh it's not live. <laughs> it is what? a fake tree. But yeah, I was like, wow, strike while the iron's hot, you know. Um, anyways, I went to go pick up some free <laughs> um, yard furniture. And... <laughs> There, there were so many other free things because it was someone just cleaning out their garage. And uh-huh. the other couple that was there picking up stuff had a dog in the car that was barking. Oh. And they just were yelling shut up at the dog in, like, such oh. a mean way. Like, shut up! Shut up! You know, oh like, my God. It, it hurt my heart so much. The dog was just being a dog was not doing anything that was like going to endanger anyone where you would need to raise your, raise your voice or something. Right. It just, I was like, wow, this is my, this is my low. Just like witnessing this. And being helpless. You can't, you know, you don't want to be like, no, you shut up. Imagine, imagine. (laughs) I mean, I can't imagine it and it doesn't end well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. True. 
But I was like, hey, look, we all got free stuff. I got free lawn furniture. They got a free grill for the backyard, you know. And the dog is just excited to be along for the ride. That's right. That's right. Well, speaking of dogs, I actually have a whiskey update for for everybody who I'm sure is here for that exclusively. Yes. Um, So Adam and I did give whiskey back on Saturday. And... It was just as difficult as I predicted it would be. Um, But of course, you know, I knew, we knew that this was going to be the best decision for everybody. And the people at the rescue um, made sure to reiterate that, you know, as I was like wiping tears from my eyes and walking away, she was like, you've made the right choice. It's okay. And I'm just like, but I emailed them later that night, just like thanking them for being so patient and understanding and flexible um, throughout the whole process. Cause I was constantly emailing them <laughs> and uh, they emailed me back and said, you know, it was totally our pleasure. If, if you are like open to adopting, we would be more than happy to adopt to you. Like, don't worry about that. Also whiskey got adopted like right after you Yay. dropped him off. So he, so whiskey is living somewhere in the greater triad area uh, with, two adults and their two older children with no other pets. And I'm sure it's just a great setup for everyone. So it's a happy ending. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And my house is so clean again. (laughs) Oh, oh, is he a shutter? Uh, No, he, he didn't shed so much, but it was like, the leaves are falling right now. So the dogs coming in in and out of the house all day, mm-hmm. there was just like dead leaves everywhere, dirt, like dry dirt. Um, and like every single dog toy, which I thought we only had like three dog toys. It turns out we have like 25 dog toys. They were just strewn about the house. So <laughs> I actually, I discovered that I could take the covers off of the couch cushions. So I did that and I like deep sanitized, washed them. Um, Anyway, this house is very looking very clean now. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess that's kind of a high. Yeah. Oh, oh, I was like, why are you telling me your highs? But it's because of the dog segue. Yeah. That's good. That's what that segue was. Mm. Yeah. Um, Well, Milo is, is, I'm going to like one up you with sadness. Like, you know, okay. Dog, dog abuse is pretty sad, but uh, how about a nearly dead grandmother? Was, oh. Yeah, it's just, it's so sad. My, um, And, you know, I struggled with whether or not to share this on the podcast because Lydia and I, you know, we're always kind of walking the line of like, what's an overshare? What's appropriate? People are here for yeah. law school. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the fact that, I, you know, we're in this like COVID moment and it makes it really difficult to be there with family members and um like when they're going through big things like happy big things like weddings or like sad big things like Mm -hmm. funerals um and you know if it weren't for the fact that i personally know a few people who've been in this exact same spot over the last six months i probably wouldn't be sharing this so Mm -hmm. this is for anybody who's like dealing with a similar thing so i'm going to talk about it a little bit but um, my grandma has, has had dementia for, it feels like maybe like the better part of the last decade. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, I remember maybe eight or nine years ago, it was like there were whispers like, oh, grandma's starting to kind of slip. And I didn't pick up on any of that. You know, she seemed pretty sharp to me. And then let's see, this would have been four years ago, a little over four years ago, I, I moved in with my grandparents and it was supposed to be just like a temporary basis. Um, <laughs> it ended up being three years. <laughs> I'm a proper squatter. But um, I moved in with them. And when I moved in with them, my grandma was still driving. And she knew my name and, like, could string together sentences. And, yeah, she seemed a little, like, spacey. But, you know, we all get spacey from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, last year you know, like there was a, a very visible decline. Like she like didn't know anyone's name anymore, but was still super happy and like with it and could like walk around. And then she started taking some falls, some tumbles. And then all of a sudden it was like, she can't walk up the stairs. And then, you know, fast forward to two weeks ago, she is put, um, she started on hospice care Mm. and, you know, this was, this is not a surprise to anybody. It was a relief for my family. Um, but at the same time, it's like all of a sudden, like she, you know, I got that text from my dad, the like stand by cause grandma, you know, yeah. could go like, you know, thing is she hasn't been out of bed in nearly a week. She hasn't eaten since Friday. So my aunts and uncles have kind of descended upon their house in LA and they're staying with my grandpa and monitoring grandma and um, I'm just feeling really, really torn because I want to be there for my family. Yeah. And I, I know if I, I, I wouldn't be going there for grandma, right? Because because she, for all intents and purposes, is is like gone. Like she doesn't know who anybody is, where she is, what's happening. Um, yeah, it's just and like it her- sounds like she has support from other family members, like the the logistical, physical support. Yeah, 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 she does. So like... There's this part of me that's like, would I just be crowding the scene? <laughs> like, or like, would I be like helping in any way? Um, but I'm just, yeah. And like, at this point, there are considerations. There's, you know, like traveling exposes me to COVID potentially. And also at this really delicate point in the trimester to like kind of wrap it around to what we were just saying at the top of the episode, like, all right, we're kind of at the crunch time. Like, would it be wise for me to go? Um And in that way, it's just, I've just been like really torn and sad and like restless for the last few days trying to figure out what, how to navigate this, you know? Yeah. Like even if COVID weren't a thing, I think I would be having this, this same like push and pull. Do I stay or do I go? If I went, could I get work done reasonably? Like, is this just academic suicide (laughs) to like thrust myself into this emotionally charged situation? Um, Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking when you said if it wasn't COVID, like if we were all meeting in person for every class, you wouldn't have the option to do online class right. from LA, but you don't really have the option to do online class from LA. If you went there, you wouldn't, I mean, maybe you would be doing online classes, but it's kind of hard to imagine that you'd yeah. be focusing and taking notes and like studying when all your family is there, you know, right. like just want to press pause on this stupid law school nonsense I know and I know that people for I mean like this this would be my reason for like needing to put pause on the stupid nonsense of law school but I think that most people at one point or another in their law school career encounter a situation where they're faced with this decision like okay there's this big life thing happening do I like is 
to press pause on law school mm. and address this life thing. Um, and it's a really, really hard choice to make because of all the pressure that you're under when you're in law school. And the necessity to like retake the entire class. You can't just like take exams later. Right. I don't know why, but <laughs> maybe because they want your money. And then there's the money that like, oh, you know, another semester's worth of tuition. And Ugh. I hate yeah. that. What a crude breakdown too. Like when yeah. you, if you were to assign a dollar amount to every hour that you weren't studying or in class or like oh, even just credit I've never hours. Done that. Oh my gosh. Have you yeah. done that? No, but okay, I think that would that. be just abysmal. <laughs> yeah. I don't agree I to never. Listeners do not write in with this calculation. You can write in with questions, any other feedback. <laughs> do not tell us this breakdown. Okay. Do not give us the breakdown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like to the point, like I've been so upset this week that I, I Googled like how to tell the difference between depression and just regular sadness. Like, I'm like, am I stressed yeah. and tired or am I depressed? Like mm-hmm. what is happening in this world right now? I think it's worth, you know, reading up on the symptoms, meeting with no, some I did read up on the symptoms and I think I've self-diagnosed that I am not depressed, <laughs> but. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised too. I was like fully anticipating <laughs> that I was a depressed person, but um, no, it doesn't seem that I am. I think I'm just like really burnt out. Mm. I'm like Zoom fatigued. I'm emotionally tired. I'm a yeah. little angry at the world. Yeah, but you know, yeah, I think it's expected. I mean, I think <laughs> now this is becoming a med school podcast and it's Lydia the (laughs) absolutely untrained psychiatrist over here but yeah I'm just thinking that like this is what I think most psychiatrists would expect from the average uh neurotypical person who is going through all of this stress and all of you know the family issues and grief and such and it's like you know, not necessarily the an ongoing issue with like imbalance in brain chemicals or something like that. Is right. that what you're kind of reading about? Yeah, pr- I mean, pretty much, mm. pretty much. You summed it up very nicely. <laughs> I, I was scared I was going to trail off because I just looked outside the window while I was saying that, and it's like really beautiful. And so I was like, "Huh, this is a nice little." that's a brief podcast over here but now I'm snapping back to reality I am in law school you know (laughs) I'm very proud of you usually I'm like I'm very keen to walk down whatever path your brain takes us but look at you staying on track yeah I I yeah I think maybe getting the support that you all the support you can get though you know it doesn't have to be a diagnosed thing like you're just objectively going through some serious shit yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I hope that my sharing that, you know, was helpful to at least one listener. And even if it's not useful to you right now, perhaps you'll remember it one day when something like this is happening to you and mm. perfectly okay to hit the pause button. Lydia and I are recording at a much earlier hour than we usually do because I told her that I just need to be done <laughs> tonight and like 
turn my brain off. I have Chardonnay chilling and I am going to be watching Johnny Depp's Sleepy Hollow after this and sleeping in as much as I damn please tomorrow. (laughs) That sounds great. Yeah. I will be watching My Neighbor Totoro tonight because it's been so I recently watched My Neighbor Totoro um, and I hate to say it, but don't don't even say it then. Don't say it. (laughs) No, 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 no. You know what I'm going to say. I don't know. I don't know. Are you creeped out by how big his smile is? Because that's one of my favorite parts. I'm creeped out about something else on him that's quite big. The leaf that he holds over his head? His tail? What is it? Oh my god. Wait. (laughs) I'm mixing up my anime. I'm thinking of the other anime that you had recommended I watch with the ball. (laughs) You watched Pompoko? No, I did not watch Pompoko, but I read nearly enough about it. <laughs> My neighbor Totoro is great. Everyone should watch that. Yes, raccoons have huge balls that have magical powers. <laughs> it's true. If you ever want to see a cartoon raccoon stretch his balls out to the point where he can use it as a parachute, follow Lydia's li- uh, movie recommendation. Yeah. It's okay. not as morbid as it sounds. It's magical. <laughs> They're trying to. Well, I don't want to give anything away. They they have a they have an important mission in the movie, um, and I when you when you said you know what I'm gonna say about Totoro, I was seriously at a loss for words. I was like, I can't even I can't even think of one thing that you might dislike about Totoro, except he does have a very large. His mouth can open really wide. I think it's so charming. Just a big old smile. Yeah, I mean, it feels a little bit premature for me to be talking about, like, our next pet, like, way too soon. But maybe a good name for our next pet would be Totoro. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Okay, should we move on to our highs? We are trailing now. (laughs) Yes. Let's do that. (laughs) Or Mez. Do you have Mez? We have no Mez. That's fair. Um. My mess that my apartment's just been really messy. And like I let laundry get to the point where I had to do four loads. I didn't even know my apartment contained four loads worth of laundry. That includes the sheets though. Um, and blankets. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I still haven't washed my dishes today from the last couple days, but I did all the laundry and I like vacuumed up some cat hair. So I'm like very, very slowly making progress, but it's just a meh to be surrounded by like clutter for, for too long. you know, um, what, what, what kind of highs do you have? Well, actually my high, I did, I like didn't have anything for highs until a couple hours ago. I literally wrote in highs. I have nothing. Totally. Knee soup is good. Um, <laughs> totally knee soup is so good. Oh, it's so good. Okay. So actually, this evening after my classes, I became a, wait for it, a trained legal observer. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Are, do you, are you, you sound familiar with this. I might have mentioned it a long time ago, like in the spring, because I went to one of the trainings. Uh-huh. I went to an information session about a training, and then okay. I did not ever go to a training but at least the info session was like 30 minutes. I learned a lot about what legal observers do. Well, do you want to recount the listeners with what you remember? 
No, you just did the training. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I don't mean to put you on the spot. Um, so, so legal observers are basically um, like non-political, uh, unbiased third-party observers who show up uh, when there's when there's like anticipated to be a high volume of police officers gathered in one place, typically like imagine a situation like a protest, right? Um, legal observers will go and they, they wear very vibrantly colored neon green hats or shirts. <laughs> and um, they essentially just go and observe the police. Um, and they observe them like from afar or up close and they take notes about what the police are doing. The objective is to ensure that the constitutional rights of citizens are being protected. Um, so let's say the police were to like take an action where they begin like, a, like mass arresting protesters, mm. uh, the legal observer would be like writing down the, the time of when the orders were given to like start arresting people. The legal observer would be then walking around to all the people that had been arrested and like making sure that they had a hotline number to call, taking down their information, mm. so that trained lawyers could follow up with them afterward. It's essentially just like an action to hold the police accountable and yeah. to ensure that the people who are being arrested have as much like very valid legal evidence as they're going to need if it came to the part, point where they had to like show up in court. Um, Anyway, a friend of mine, Kelsey, shout out to Kelsey, who I Kelsey. don't think is on podcast, but is very rad. Um, she spearheads the legal observer training at Elon, and she had put a call out to the two L's in the last week that said, hey, heads up, on election day in Graham, North Carolina, which is a historically very racist place, mm. there are like plenty of Klan rallies, um, uh, you can imagine <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not, it's not a great situation in Graham. Um, they actually just recently elected their first ever black judge and they were like huge protests. Uh, so Elon God. had legal observers there. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they, it's anticipated that in Graham on election day, there's going to be like some kind of commotion. Um, mm -hmm. So she was asking if anybody wanted to become uh, a trained legal observer before then so that they could go monitor the situation at the polls. And I was like, yes, sign me up. So this That's evening, amazing. I I'm so I'm actually like super excited about this um, because Election Day, I think, like, is just like you just sit at home and you feel helpless and you're like, it's it's there's nothing I can do now. Right. There's nothing I can do now. Watching the 24-hour news cycle be like, oh, this district in whatever, but I like what you're doing a lot better. Right. Um, and I think that it'll make, it'll like, you know, it, yeah, just being out of the house, not staring at my phone, not like looking at the news, like boots on the ground on election day, like taking place in the democratic process in a, in a very like legally relevant way um, is exciting to me. So I'm going to, I'm going to be a legal observer in Graham, North Carolina on November 3rd. Uh, <laughs> and I'm really hoping nothing, no shit hits the fan because I would yeah. much rather have nothing to report, but yeah, just in case. Yeah. In St. Louis, it's stuff like 
the officers have been like hiding their badges and stuff. Oh and, man. And you just don't you don't even know who to like report. Right. Stuff like that. Are you gonna yeah. be taking videos? So we're not supposed to take videos. Mm, okay. Yeah, because the whole idea is protecting the protesters, um, regardless of whether or not you agree with them. Um, and if you were to take a video of a, of a police officer, the audio in the background of the protesters could be caught or you could see protesters in the background. That's sort of, it's sort of the same logic behind like not posting photos of yourself at a protest because then right. police could identify other people at the protest in the background of your photo kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. See, this is why the training is just so important. You learn all that kind of stuff. Exactly. I, here's the thing. I, I thought naively showing up to this training, like without knowing anything about the National Lawyers Guild who sponsors legal observing um, mm -hmm. or legal observing itself. I was like, oh, I'm going to show up and like learn how to legally observe like the crazy clan people who are going to show up and like try to, you know, intimidate voters. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, actually, you're like there to protect those people <laughs> if oh, they want to show up. Yeah. Yeah. I well, uh, uh, I mean, uh, not necessarily, <laughs> they, they might not necessarily be there, but yeah, you know, it's, that's the thing about the constitution. <laughs> Everybody's protected. It's wild. I know. Uh, mm. You should start a no uh, national lawyers guild chapter, Elon. Oh, there, there is one. Kelsey is the president. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. I missed that. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I didn't say it explicitly, but yeah, oh. Kel Kelsey is doing that. Yes. yes. We have not started one. We talked about it and we do not have one. Isn't that so weird? If you're listening to this and you're a one L and you have fire inside of you, do this. Which like all of you should, because I'm sure you wrote about that fire in your admissions essay. Don't <laughs> lie to me. Don't lie to me. You said you wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> you said you were passionate about this and that. <laughs> yeah. That's a great high. And I want to hear the report back. I mean, yeah. it's crazy to think that probably the next time we record, well, Dude, fuck. yeah, I mean, the election's in six days and we're a little bit off of our typical recording schedule. So if we record a week from today, the election will be over. I think we should record after the election. I agree. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but for now, let's just <laughs> repress that six day time frame. Um, Love it. Great idea. Okay. My other, my highs, other than the pressure of having three weeks left, which I'm counting as a high just because like I've actually started doing more work and I think my low or math a couple weeks in a row was like, it just, I'm just not doing anything. I just can't, you know, get myself to do what it takes. And so I finally, like last week I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing stuff. I like kind of got caught up on certain things for clinic and I still, I still have a lot to do. I can't believe that, like, I have to get my cases in a place that I can hand them off to next semester students within three weeks. But, you know. Um, Accountability built into that is so frightening to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because it's like yeah. the other students that you know them, like, if you write, if you leave them with, like, a disorganized case. They're going to be like, they're going like, to come yeah. for you. Yeah. Like, my name is on all of it. So. Anyways, that I, I do feel like I'm kind of like catching up, so that's good. And um, I finally, I think one of my low, maybe last week was like just being on hold with the IRS for so 
long and like the multiple different messages I was getting from them. And, um, part of the reason it was so delayed was because I'm a quote student attorney, or was it like authorized student or something? There's some category within the IRS for what Uh I am in the low income taxpayer clinic. And I finally got what is known as a CAF number, centralized authorization file, which is kind of like the IRS's version of like an identity number. So that if I call the IRS and they say, what's your CAF number? I can just give them the number. And it's just so much easier than them being like a student attorney, huh? I haven't gotten a call like this in a while. Like, well, are you actually authorized to talk about this other person? And I'll be like, yes, I have a signed power of attorney form. And they'll be like, well, well, let me just check with someone. And they put me on hold and, you know, it's a whole thing. So now I'm like legit. Um, Congratulations. Really? Yeah, three weeks before the end, but hey, we got it. We got there. Uh, another high is definitely the pet costume party coming up this Friday because I did decide on a costume for Raja. I got to reveal it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you think that's what the listeners want? I mean, forget the listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Pulling up my air horn. Um, So I have a lot of different ideas because I have a lot of different fabric because that's something that I also got from free Craigslist. Oh, here's my air horn. Raja's costume. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, there were so many ideas with this fabric. I thought about making him like a little chef because I have some cute fabric that could be used for an apron and I thought about him having, like, a little tray of, like, cat treats and then eating them. Oh, my God. Um, but I was thinking, like, I do have a collar. Like, the collar that I got for him is, like, a little bow tie. And so I was searching for, like, costumes themed around bow ties. And I had narrowed it down to Bill and I, the science guy, and, oh, my gosh. Oh, Doctor Who. Oh, okay, okay. And I was in federal income tax watching my professor who wears a bow tie every day. And I was like, this is happening. My cat is going to be my tax law professor. Oh my God. <laughs> and like, my tax law professor always writes on the whiteboard behind him. And I do have a little whiteboard like tacked up on the, on the wall, which is like kind of to scale because it's small and the cat is small. And so I have started like making for him a little like, um, it looks like a button down shirt, but it doesn't have any buttons. They're just like drawn on. And then um, like a little blazer. It won't, it won't go over his arms. He would hate that. So it'll be like kind of a blazer vest, which will look kind of scandalous, but you know, um, <laughs> like he's like a little stripper kitty. <laughs> like he's just going to like, yeah, he's going to, he's going to pull him off like a, like a tear away top. <laughs> it, it's starting to kind of look like that. But what I might do is do like a kind of, 2d optical illusion where there's like a shape that when he's sitting up it looks like it's covering his his shoulders or his arms or something but it doesn't actually like fit it as a 3d tube around his arms anyways it's coming together really well because i'll tell you instead of using any of this fabric what i did was i looked in my 
like giveaway pile that's been under my couch for like a long time because I haven't gone to Goodwill since like COVID started. And I had a like white button down shirt and a black blazer that I was going to give away. So I cut like little pieces out of that. <laughs> so it's actually made with the right material. And <laughs> it looks really good. I mean, so far I could still mess it up big time but I will send you a picture I'm thrilled for you yeah I I just skipped evidence um yesterday morning because I was too tired I just skipped it I just slept through it it's the only time I've missed class this semester so I'm good in terms of absences and then I watched the recording like last night while I made this costume and I was like see couldn't all of my classes be like this and there's no fear you know of getting called on when you're watching the recording it's kind of nice it's the best part yeah okay i'm forwarding this to you by text oh my god yeah are we gonna get an in real time reaction from me (laughs) this is so good oh lydia so okay here we go oh my what does that mean I'm confused. Okay, it's not on him because I'm still sewing it. Oh, wait. I see the follow. Okay. Oh, the follow-up picture makes it a little clearer for me. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. okay, okay. I'm still deciding whether it should be, like, unbuttoned or, like, buttoned up. And, like, how if the lapel should be, like, folded over, like, in a skinny, fashionable way or, like, the bigger, more old-fashioned ones. And I Okay, so so listeners who can't see the photos... (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, yeah, so Lydia is describing, um, well, what she just said, like if the lapel should be skinny or fatter. But what I'm looking at is like it looks like a tiny little baby mini suit with yeah. with the sleeves just like ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to that piece after uh, after I figure out this part. Also, the the bow tie collar has a little bell on it, so it's yep. like. Not only does it look like a bow tie, it looks like jewels. It's very cute, like a little piece of jewelry. Yeah. Oh, that's a very good high. Oh, that's a very good high. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I think I, I, I have to do it unbuttoned, I think, because there needs to be enough of the white shirt showing underneath that I can get a, I can make like a little pocket and put a little pen in it because I forgot he usually has a pen in his pocket. So I might just do like a little twig or something, something. Details, details. I get exactly. it. Yeah. Oh. Damn, that's very good. That's a very good high. Thank you so much. Oh, you know, well. I wonder if we should keep our, prom- our prompt for another day. How long has the recording been going? Mm, 46 minutes. Oh, okay, okay. I no, I mean, I like... Eh. I feel pretty good. I don't need to talk about moot court. Okay. I, I mean, have, truly. Yeah, I'm down for whatever. I'm looking at the thing that says an hour and two minutes, but that must be from when we caught up before we recorded. You know it. Yeah, I mean, I can I can give like a quick, I mean, honestly, this could not possibly take up a whole episode. Okay, well, um, then we could power through. Yeah, so I'll just explain like the other, my other high for the week. Um, we'll call it a high. Yeah. So Elon's annual moot court competition was held this last week. It's called the Billings Exum and Fry competition. And we had something close to like 50 competitors 
Um, and it required the entire moot court board, like all hands on deck, um, participate. And what that meant was all of us had to host a class or a, um, a courtroom on Zoom. So we each had to take our individual Zoom accounts and turn them into a courtroom, um, which in practice was much easier, but uh, in like preparation for it and like learning all the rules of it, it was very stressful. Um, Mm -hmm. I was just a mat because, you know, we had to admit the bailiff first and then ask the bailiff all these questions. And like, then we had to admit the competitors and then ask them questions and have everybody change their names so that like anonymity was key. And then the judges had to be admitted and then I had to see if, you know, they had access to like their judging forms and it was just, and then all of this on top of the fact that like nobody had ever really done a zoom BEF before and internet connection is a thing. And it was just very stressful. Oh man. But, um, I will say that the competitors in my courtroom were amazing. Really? Um, yeah. So I I didn't realize this until, well, this is a silly thing. I didn't realize this until there was a winner. But um, the, the one of the teams that was in my courtroom went on to win the whole thing. Whoa. Yeah. And I, okay. what was that? Which team are you allowed to say? Yeah, I, can, I mean, it's it's on the internet. Um, uh, George Mason School of Law. Cool. Yeah, from Virginia. Uh, the the oralists were, just blew me away. I was like almost like mesmerized by them, how polished they were. Um, wow. So the prompt was really interesting. Uh, it was about whether a trans female high school athlete should be allowed to compete on the girls, I think it was swimming team. Um, and the whole thing was like, so she had joined the team and then it kind of disrupted the pecking order because like she joins the team and she starts winning everything. And the other girls on the team complained basically saying like, I mean, okay, I'm painting with broad strokes. Your listeners know that this is not how I feel at all, but this is what the prompt says. So like the the complaint basically said that because this like trans female athlete was allowed to compete on this team, um, the other like biologically female women on the team were being disenfranchised from opportunities that they wouldn't be otherwise. Um, because so they, the, the biological females now weren't winning the competitions and because they weren't winning the competitions, they weren't able to get scholarships to college the way that they would be if like their trans female um, colleague hadn't been on the team. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's, I think it's bullshit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm and, like, did and- I understand the English? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's all there. Um, and, you know, like, I, I think that it's absolute trash, but I could see how somebody who, like, wasn't educated on, like, a, who had, like, zero, like, trans efficacy whatsoever might think, oh, well, this is just, you know, a guy, like, who thinks he's a girl and, like, now he wants to be on the girls' swimming team? Like, that's bullshit. Now, like, I'm not going to get any scholarship money because, you know, he keeps beating me. Like, that's kind of the ethos of that whole argument. Um, 
But the winning team was arguing against that, saying like within the subset of female athletes, there is like a wide variety of like different things that determine performance outcomes. Like, like all women don't have the exact same chromosomes. They don't all have the exact same physical abilities. Like there's such a wide variance. How are you, you're like prejudicing this poor girl because of the way that she's built. Like that's, that's wrong. Um, Anyway, super interesting. Um, And I have to say, like, now knowing that, like, the people that I was watching went on to win the whole thing, I was, like, completely blown away by the fact that it seemed to me like they were, like, they had memorized their entire brief without, without it seeming like they were reciting. Like, they were speaking so fluidly and so naturally, but also... I was like, that must be exactly what you wrote down because that sounds so good. And like, they were making direct eye contact with the camera. There's no way they were reading off of a script. It was incredible. It's like intimidating for sure. It was so intimidating. I was like, wait, so I'm going to have to do this later this year? Like, I don't want to go against these people. They're robots. But now you know what what the winning team looks like. That's kind of amazing. That's That's true. Yeah. And I think it has a lot to do with who your like co-counsel is because they, they volleyed off of each other's like logic so well. I mean, Oh God, it was really a thing of beauty. Nice. And the bailiff is the bailiff in my courtroom was a one L and he messaged me and he said, do you do this? And I said, she'd be like, yeah. (laughs) I I said, yeah, like I competed in the intramural last year, um, but I haven't done exactly this. And and he said, that's so cool. And I said, well, you should try out for the mood core team. He said, oh, no, 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 no. This is way too scary. Yeah. 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 Oh. Anyway, um, so that that was a little preview for me because at some point, either in the winter or the spring trimester, I'm going to be doing uh, Mm -hmm. some of these oral arguments and it's very exciting. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's like a great extracurricular. I'm happy for you. And that's how I felt too when I was in that text thread with our mock trial team. I was just like, man, this is cool. The, the excitement is very different from uh, on my secondary law journal. I, there are not moments like that. <laughs> you mean the jurisprudence journal doesn't have yeah. like riveting moments, nail biting? <laughs> No, it's so weird. That doesn't happen. I, I do have a big draft due. We have to write a paper and at least it's on like whatever topic you want. So that's, that's exciting, but it's, you know, a slow, slow burn. And so right. I, I have a 20 page draft due Friday and we have one, no questions asked extension on any assignment a semester. This is definitely the one, this is definitely when I'm using it. So uh, I should have the weekend to work on it, but I'm like, oof, 20 pages. Ooh. At least it's a draft, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's just a draft. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Well, my friend, does that bring us to the close of our actually law school related episode of Law School in Brief? I think so. I have one more kind of like thing I did this week. It's still related to Raja, so it's not law school related, but... Raja. You already know that at 2 a.m. last night, I bought a cat stroller. It happened. It happened 
whenever whatever that line was between just like s- someone who has a cat and like cat lady like over there I don't know when I don't know if it was like the suit or the stroller or like anything else along the way but we're there well please keep us posted how it goes because as a cat lady with a cat Bjorn I am intrigued yes, by the yes. cat stroller idea yes I'll yeah. let you know man please do yeah uh well all right Lydia I guess um see you after the election whoa Ooh. Bye, everyone. Bye, listeners. Bye. Bye. Bye, democracy. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Goodbye.